Dan Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowley Man. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Everyone's doing this thing, right? Where they list all the jobs they've had before journalism. You see this? It's going around Twitter these days. No. Yes. I don't know why, but it's a thing. It's I guess it's because it's July 12th and people need content, and I suppose that's why I'm talking about it now. But Mark Madden tweets, jobs before journalism. None. It's called pedigree. Hashtag lifer. I've never been a journalist. No. Never. In fact, we steer away from that. Yes. I'm not a journalist. Stan considers himself a journalist. I'm not. Uh, I never have been. Sometimes whenever I was on Steelers Nation Radio and I'd go to the locker room and talk to players, stuff like that, I would try to look through the reporter's lens. I would try to be fair when asking questions. Things fair that, and balanced. Yes, fair and balanced. Fox News. <laughs> Just don't show beautiful women. That's That's what I was trying to be. But apart from in college doing journalism classes and looking up people's records and stuff like that, I've never been a journalist. I was a pretend journalist back then. I wrote stories, but that doesn't count. Uh, I guess I was a journalist for WVU News, but I I do not pretend to be a journalist. Uh, And if I was a journalist and behaved the way that I behaved, people should call me out for it. But I'll tell you what I am, and what I am is this, an entertainer. I'm the crowd man. Crowd man the entertainer. I am afraid to say it. I am afraid to put it that way. And if you want to go the pedigree route, like... For a living, we pretty much do silly. We do stupid. And yes. all of our lives, speaking pedigree, we've been silly and stupid growing up. So this is pedigree for us. We're yeah. here to entertain you and just make fun of stupid things and hopefully every once in a while get a good joke out. But holding ourselves to a higher standard of like trying to get it right every time, my God, I'd go insane. I got a lot of friends who are in the biz that are real journalists. I have a lot of friends in the biz that are sports journalists. And... I just can't do that. And not to mention, and none of my friends are like this, but there are a lot of self-serving journalists out there that think because they're journalists that they can walk on water like they're Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, man, if you're a sports writer and you're bringing people information that way, right, you're not the same as somebody who's over in Iraq writing about that kind of stuff. Like, you're just you're just not. Uh, we had a couple of speakers, Tim uh, Hetherington, I think his name was, uh, and he passed away. It was in Morgantown. He came and he spoke to all the aspiring journalists, and then a couple of months later, he died because he was overseas covering the war. Like, that, to me, is is journalism. Anybody who writes about sports is writing for entertainment. Yeah. Like you're, you can break some big stories, don't get me wrong, but you're writing about entertainment, and you're writing for eyeballs of fans that want to be informed. We inform people on this show, too, but we also like to have fun with it. I don't see that big of a difference between a sports journalist and what we do. I don't. Well, I mean, think of how many sports journalists have opinion columns. Right there takes the journalism out of it. If you have an opinion, really, I think that your journalistic integrity needs to be pushed aside once you start having an opinion. Because if you're going to be a real journalist, you need to come straight down the middle and you can't think one way or the other. You just need to report on the facts and report them as you can factually. Yeah, sports, I think, blurs that. It does. It really does. And that's where the journal- journalism 
tag. That's where it goes off the rails for me. Well, I look at it like sports reporter, right? Mm-hmm. Dale Lawley's fabulous. I mean, yeah, he knows absolutely. his Steelers yeah. in and out. He's really good at what he does. He comes on here, though, and I ask him questions, and he gives me his opinion. Now, it's backed up by stuff that he has... Uh, tirelessly researched exactly. and backed up and had, had multiple uh, sources on. I, I mean, yeah, Dale's one of the good ones. Biggest pet peeve I have in this industry, and it's probably not true. I do that all the time. Biggest thing that bothers me here. Biggest pet peeve. But one of my big pet peeves is when people don't know the difference between a columnist and a journalist. Yeah. Okay, great. You don't know. You, why are you writing opinions? You're supposed to be a journalist. You're supposed to be unbiased. No, I'm a columnist. I'm I'm writing about this to incite a reaction. Right. I'm writing this because I have an angle and I have an opinion. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. It is the Crowley Show. Let me report some news to you now. The Pirates lineup stinks. It just it just does. Neil Huntington comes out on Sunday and he says this is the biggest week of the season for this team. The biggest week of the season because you're playing two teams that you're trailing. You're trailing Washington in the wild card, although they're trailing some people. And you're trailing Milwaukee, of course, in the division because they've got the best record in all of baseball. But you've got five games now against Milwaukee. And we were told that this week will go a long way in determining whether the Pirates are buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. So here's what we got for the lineup. Dickerson, Marte. I'm okay with that. But then it's Diaz, Freeze, Luplo as your 3-4-5. Diaz, your backup catcher. Freeze, your backup third baseman. Jordan Luplo, your... Fifth freaking outfielder in the game that starts the most important series in the middle of the most important week of the season because you want to determine whether you're buyers and sellers. And all I got to say again is Diaz phrase Luplo, y'all going to be sellers. <laughs> I mean, uh, just call a spade a spade. Diaz phrase Luplo, you're going to be sellers. It's not like we don't have an all star break coming up. There's one freaking pirate on the all star team. That's it. Everyone else is getting a break. Clint Hurdle said he's going to be on a beach somewhere. These guys all get breathers. You don't have to rotate all these MFers through the lineup today in this series because you want to keep them fresh. No, F that. Screw that. That's dumb. And it goes beyond that for me then today. For me then just today, I should say. Because I thought Meadows should have been in the lineup yesterday. Meadows comes in two games ago. He gets a big hit in the sixth inning. He's a pinch hitter. He's coming off the bench. That's hard to do, especially for a young player. And he does it. And you reward him by putting Jordan Luplo in the lineup, not one day in a row, but two days in a row. And Clint Hurl says it's because he wants to get Luplo some time. We're beyond getting guys some time here. If it's the most important week of the season, it ain't about getting guys time. It's about getting wins. It's about raising that damn Jolly Roger. Instead, it looks like Hurdle's waving the white flag. It looks like Hurdle's mailing it in. I said this to begin the show way back when. That I loved Clint Hurdle. I still think he's a good man. I think he is a good thinker. I think he's a good motivator of men. But some of the decisions he's made this year have just driven me up a wall. When Marte gets hurt, he has Meadows in there. Marte comes back. Polanco was struggling just terribly. Just terribly. And yet he's getting in the lineup every damn day. And Meadows is sitting too much for my liking. Now, 
instead of a four-man outfield rotation, it's a five-man outfield rotation. You've just thrown Luplo in the mix, and Luplo wouldn't even be up here if the Pirates weren't battling their own injury issues. If the Pirates were healthy, this guy would be batting in AAA right now. Clint Hurdle's giving him an at-bat just to give him an at-bat. Just to keep him fresh. Just to get him in the lineup. Get him some action. Well, what about Meadows getting action? This is a guy who hasn't been playing very much at all lately. And I think the reason that he's been not playing as good a baseball is because he got sat down as much and has gotten such inconsistent playing time. So, at this point, if you're already mailing it in, if Clint Hurdle has, in fact, waved that white flag, I think you've got to say to Austin Meadows, man, why don't you go back down to AAA and get all your at-bats there and continue to develop and continue to play. Because if he's not going to play, if he's not going to get time at the major league level, you got to go find him a place somewhere else. You have to. You have to let him develop. I want to see him play every day up here. Now, Polanco is playing good baseball. He is. When Polanco's hot, he's hot. When he's not, he's awful. It's just the way that he goes. His floor is real low, but his ceiling can be very high. When he's got that home run swing, he can carry you for a week or two. Now, he's never going to be good in right field. He is, by metric standings, the worst defensive right fielder in baseball. So it's not going to get better there. But at this point, you want him in the lineup. And I want Meadows in the lineup. And I'd be willing to sit down Marte or Dickerson. But at least, at the very least, get one of them in there. Get one of them in there. Jordan Luplo. Most important game of the season. F that. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Pirates ratings on the television. The boob tube. They're sixth in all of ball. Clint Hurdle's making terrible managerial decisions. They don't have any players, Sands, Meadows, and Tyone that I'm excited about for the future. Josh Bell was a guy who got me excited last year. Doesn't get me excited anymore. The owner has proven time and time again he's not willing to go all in. The general manager has listened to the owner and does not go all in. When the Pirates had 98 wins the next offseason, well, things didn't go the way Pirates fans want them to go. And all this stuff circles around. And in the middle of this hurricane of ass are Pirates fans they're the Storm Chasers. Why in the world are you watching? Why? I understand why my grandma watches. She's loved Pirates baseball forever. I mean, as long as they've had a Pirates baseball team, my grandma's been there to watch. She's 90 years old. She loves Pirates baseball. She's going to watch. She just wants to see them win every once in a while. Like, winning 43-44 games for her through this portion of the season is okay because... It's almost half the time they're winning ball games. Like she can dig that. She didn't need them to go to the playoffs. She needs to be entertained and she needs them to win from time to time. If peeps be watching for that reason, fine. I get it. But nobody my age should be watching. And it is loyalty. But it's not good loyalty. It's like standing by your buddy when he's done something completely ass backwards and you have to stand there anyhow because he's your friend. Except the Pirates aren't your friend. 
The Pirates haven't done anything that makes you feel like they love you. So why are you doing it? I've said this time and time again. If my wife cheated on me, I'd leave her. And if she came crawling back to me, I'd probably take her back because, let's face it, I love her. But if she did it again, I ain't letting her back in my bed. Time and time again, she does the same thing. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. The Pirates' philosophy is that they like to stay mediocre to keep the window open longer so that maybe this year or that year they could catch lightning in a bottle or a prospect could come up and be great or maybe one of their young players does turn into a star or they acquire a starter at the deadline and maybe he helps carry it and they can get in with 85, 86 wins like the Minnesota Twins did last year. At least that's what they say, right? That's why they do it. I don't buy that. The reason that they do that is so that they can keep you engaged just enough to where maybe you're not going to games, but maybe you're watching them still, and you are watching them still. And then whenever they march in there and they go to Root Sports or whatever it is, AT&T Sportsnet or Fox Sportsnet, they can say, look at us. We were just mediocre and we had the six best ratings in ball. Maybe next year, if we're good, we'll have the second best ratings in ball. Man, they've pulled the wool all over all y'all eyes. And you're all buying in hook, line, and sinker. You like the smell of cotton, I guess. They pull it right up over your eyes, right down past the nose. You can smell it, but you just like it. You're addicted, and I don't know why. It hurts you time and time again. They hurt you time and time again. If it ain't the ownership... It's the general manager not doing well enough in terms of drafting, or it's the manager putting together half-assed lineups like the one he did today or the ones he seems to do every freaking Sunday throughout all of baseball season. I've seen some Sunday lineups that managers throw out there. Clint Hurdle has to be one of the worst ever at that. Oh, you haven't heard of these four guys. Perfect. Let's catch them by surprise. Doesn't work that way. Coming up next. Willie Cologne says the Steelers are the team to beat in the AFC. Come on now, Willie. It's a Crowley show. It's Window Nation's buy one, get one free sale. That's right. Buy one window, get the second one absolutely free. Plus, call Window Nation today and get 0% financing for 36 months. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. I mean, I don't watch them on TV. No, I I mean, what are you going to watch a bad TV show over and over again? That's why bad TV show, if they were a primetime TV show, they'd be canceled right now. Because they suck. <laughs> I mean, really. I'd rather watch reruns than that crap. Th- th- send me like five years ago. Show me all the wins. I'd rather watch them. The best thing the Pirates broadcast show is when they go into a rain delay and they play the classic games. Friends of the crown, summer is upon us. As many of you taketh off on weekend getaways to beaches, lakes, and moats across our most beautiful kingdom, His Royal Highness the King would like me to remind you to remind your servants, squires, and factotums to packeth the kingdom's most refreshing lighteth lager, Bud Light. That is all. Dilly dilly. Oh, and don't forget thy toothbrush. Enjoy responsibly. 2018 AB Bud Light Beer St. Louis, Missouri. 
the Adam Crowley Show. What happened to Cooch? I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say Cooch before I get in trouble, so you're fine. I'm good? That's yeah, it's K-U-C-H. Yeah, nothing wrong with Cooch. No! Adam Crowley. Cooch be good. I love Cooch, in fact. On ESPN Pittsburgh. We all know that Bob Nunning is not very popular here in Pittsburgh. For obvious reasons. What? Yeah. Bob Nunning's not popular. Yeah, breaking news. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Not popular. Neil Huntington, I don't think, has done a good enough job drafting. Best player that's come through Pittsburgh in a long-ass time was drafted by Dave Littlefield. His name's Andrew freaking McCutcheon. And now Clint Hurdle's on my bad side. Diaz batting third, Freeze batting fourth, Luplo batting fifth. Mr. Richard joins us now from Wheeling. He is a big fan of hurdles. I've soured on him. Hello, Mr. Richard. That's okay, Craig. I know that uh, I'm just standing in this grocery parking lot uh, feeding the birds, sparrows, and their crows. And this person comes down and says, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. He said, you're listening to the same show I am. I said, well, Adam Crowley? He says, yeah, I love Adam Crowley. And he's back in his, uh, his car right now, so I wonder if he'll come up to me and say, hey, I just heard you calling Adam Crowley. What has to do with Clint Hurdle? Because you were saying that Clint Hurdle was a motivator? Yes. I don't think he is. I think it's just the opposite. Because they were doing very well at the first part of the season. Well, I guess they got that new player. What's his name? That, uh, Meadows. Uh, he's not coming back in his car yet. But then he had, uh, I don't think he's a motivator. I, I think he's the problem. I think he is not a motivator. I think well, that's the problem with the politics. I think, there's, I think there's a good point actually made there, Mr. Richard. So the first time you've ever called the show and made one, appreciate the call, though, uh, 412-922-2874. I do think that no matter how good of a leader you are, eventually, if you keep saying the same things or you keep doing things similarly to the way that you've been doing them, it's eventually going to fall on deaf ears. Eventually, Mike Sullivan's penguins aren't going to buy into Mike Sullivan anymore. Uh, We see it happen all the time with John Tortorella. He wears out his welcome. And I don't think Clint Hurdle's that kind of guy. But I think you can eventually tune a coach out when they keep saying the same things and they keep selling similar messages. Uh, Winston Churchill, the first time he was a prime minister, did a great job. Next time, not so much. Maybe he's not a great motivator of men, or maybe you just get tired of the same old, same old. When things get stale, they're not as good. If I eat a Pop-Tart the day I buy it, it's delicious. I can still say I love Pop-Tarts, not like the next Pop-Tart that I eat, because that Pop-Tart got stale. I think that's probably what's happening with Clint Hurdle here. That was an amazing bit of radio there by me, by the way. Just want you to know, stale Pop-Tarts. We'll get back to the Pirates, I'm sure, before the program is over, because tonight at 7 o'clock they will lose to the Milwaukee, pardon me, they will play the Milwaukee Brewers with the Diaz-Freeze-Luplo combination in the middle of the order. But before we get to Pirates baseball and get all depressed, let me depress you about the Steelers first. Willie Colon says that the Steelers are the team to beat in the AFC. Willie. Willie! Willie! The Steelers lost to the Jaguars 
How many how many times last year did they lose to the Jags? Was it just the once? No. Oh no. That's right. They lost to him twice. They lost to him twice. Oh, you know what the combined score was, Willie? 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 75 to 51. You know how many times Ben Roethlisberger turned the ball over, Willie? Willie. Willie. Seven times. I think Jacksonville's a really good football team. I don't think they're great. I don't think you can be great when you've got that guy, Blake Bortles, at quarterback. But how am I supposed to sit here after two drubbings and say that the Steelers are better than that team? And that team wasn't better than the Patriots. So that makes the Steelers, in my mind, the third best team in the AFC. Did the Steelers get better this offseason? I don't know. Did the Patriots? I don't know. Did the Jags? I don't know. But when I look at the Steelers and I see the moves they've made, eh, none of them rile me up. I like Morgan Burnett. I like John Bostick. But they're both just guys. Are they going to be better on the defensive side this year? I don't know. And that's the problem. Now, maybe the Steelers are better against the rest of the league than the Jaguars are. But the Steelers are not better than the Jaguars head-to-head. Not until they take care of them. The Jags stomped the Steelers in Pittsburgh twice last year. And the Steelers have to go to Jacksonville now this year. And then there's that other team. Willie. 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 It's the Patriots. How in the world can anybody associated with the black and gold think that they're the team to beat when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are still walking the sideline at Gillette Stadium? Tom Brady ain't getting any younger, but I don't think the Steelers are going to win anything until that guy's in a casket, let alone not playing football anymore. I mean, it could happen, but I'll have to see that to believe it. This isn't to say, though, that the Steelers can't win the AFC and ultimately the Super Bowl. Of course they can. Did anybody think the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl last year? No. And then they did. Nobody thought that they could do it before the season. Then they lose their quarterback, Carson Wentz, and nobody thought they could do it as the season's progressing. And then they sure as bleep didn't think that they were going to beat the Patriots. So the Steelers could surprise. The Steelers are talented enough to win the whole darn thing. They've got one of the best rosters, if not the best roster, in the NFL. But they keep falling short. It's because the defense isn't good enough. Jacksonville's offense stinks, but they were 5-5 five and five in the red zone against the Steelers. Patriots defense, not great. Good in the red zone. They're good enough to get by with the offense that they have because Tom Brady knows how to manage a game and put points on the board. The Steelers haven't played well, didn't play well against Jacksonville last year, haven't played well against New England for a long time. But last year, they also gave up 38 points to a Ravens team that just did not have a good offense. The receivers running routes are old. The running back by committee was not good. They gave up a bunch of points to Brett Hundley and the Packers, gave up a bunch of points to the Jags. The defense... Started showing cracks, I think, in that Lions game. Gave up a bunch of huge plays, and then a bunch of huge plays all year long after that. And then they only got worse after Ryan Shazier was lost. But he's not coming through the door. You can play with him in Madden, though. Did you see that? 
Madden 2019, you can play with Ryan Shazier. Shazier was not happy about it. I'm not sure if he was happy because they included him in the game or because they rated him an 82. But he's not walking through the door. Maybe John Bostick and a cast of safety linebacker hybrids will make a big difference this year. But again, I'm not so sure. They've got a bunch of pedigree on that side of the ball. They've got a lot of talent. This team's all about talent. Hayward, Tewitt, Hargrave, first, second, third round picks. Watt and Bud, first round picks. Burns and Hayden are first round picks. Hilton was one of the best slot guys in the league last year. Sutton is a third round guy, but they like him a lot. Davis is a second round guy. He's apparently going to be their free safety this year. Morgan Burnett is a good player. They have the dudes, but they didn't put it together enough at the end of last year, so why should I think they're going to put it together now? I do appreciate the assertion that this team is talented enough to beat the team to beat. I just can't buy into it. Because it's all maybe this and maybe that. Maybe T.J. Watt on the left side can be a double-digit sack guy. Maybe on the right side. Bud Dupree can be a good football player. Maybe Artie Burns can live up to his first-round hype. Maybe Sean Davis can be a good free safety. Maybe he can play more like he did the first year and less like he did last year. Maybe Joe Hayden can be the Joe Hayden he was before he got hurt last year, but he's not getting any younger. Maybe Stefan Tuitt could take that next step. Maybe Javon Hargrave could take that next step. Maybe this. Maybe that. Maybe this. Maybe that. I ain't sold on them being the team to beat in the AFC. I've watched the Steelers play second fiddle to the Patriots since I've been old enough to know what I'm watching. When Cordell Stewart and the Steelers, Jerome Bettis in 2001, the 13-3 squad, number one rushing attack in the league, lost to New England because of special teams. I know what it's like to watch the Steelers play the Patriots, and until I see it happen, and I see a damn ball survive the ground, I'm not going to think it can happen. West Virginia was voted second in the Big 12 preseason poll today. And because I'm a West Virginia fan, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, of course you don't. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you talk yourself into it. You keep saying it. It's like the Capitals fans watching them lose over and 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 over. I think that was nine times against the Penguins. Now this year the script flipped, but I wouldn't have bet on it. Willie, Willie, Willie Cologne is now on national broadcast, and he's a national analyst, and they get all wrapped up in conversations about talent and this and that, but the people that know the team and around the team all the time, they see the real concerns. I've gone over a bunch of them, but what if Marcus Gilbert isn't healthy this year like he wasn't healthy last year? They don't got Mother Hubbard. What if Le'Veon Bell gets out to a slow start again? Will the defense perform as well as it did early in the season to keep the Steelers afloat? Can James Washington, who is short and not a burner, get open down the field in the NFL? Will Vance McDonald stay healthy? What's Feetner going to bring to the table? A lot of people are just assuming the offense is going to be better because they don't have Todd Haley. Again, it's a maybe. 
I know the Patriots and the Jags, they'll have their flaws as well. Flaws that I'm sure I'm overlooking because I don't know those rosters inside and out the way that people who cover those teams do for a living every single day. But I sure as hell know more about this Steelers roster than Willie Colon does. Team to beat in terms of talent. But as I said before, just like a Todd Haley offense, they have not been able to finish the job in each of the last two years. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We've got the hottest take of the day coming up next. We've got other crap. Three stars of the show. TSP in Pittsburgh. Total traffic. With Hotels.com, get rewarded from seaside cabins in Oregon to five-star resorts in Mexico. Hotels.com has all the options, and for every 10 nights you stay, you get one free. Hotels.com, you do you and get rewarded. Free nights don't include. Yeah, I'm missing Tom a little bit. Why do you miss Tom? I just love the way he smiles, man. He does have a funny smile about him. I mean, I wasn't like like saying, like, why would you miss him? I was like just wondering what reason you had for missing no, him. Because I've just... got my own. Yeah, what are yours? He's just a very warm presence. Infectious, I'd say. He is. He just brings a good mood about him. And he has snacks all the time. No, I was. I, I meant he gave me gonorrhea. Again? Again. Jeez. Very uncool. Take us with you wherever you go. ESPN Pittsburgh is on the iHeartRadio app. Anywhere, anytime, and always free. ESPN Pittsburgh, an iHeartRadio station. This is the Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Don't you understand? On ESPN Pittsburgh <laughs> and the iHeartRadio app. According to our friend Lance Lysowski from DKPittsburghSports.com, Pirates could be sending down Austin Meadows to AAA Indianapolis. The quote was, we'll have those discussions internally as we discuss what's best for the player and what's best for the team. And quote, I'm guessing that came from Clint Hurdle. It may have come from somebody else. It does not matter. It's all coming from the top, which means it very well could be happening. This irritates me for a couple of reasons. I do think it's the right move at this moment if he's not going to play every day. I'd like to see him play every day up here. The Pirates seem to think he's struggling a little bit now. You want to know why the Pirates think he's struggling? Because he is struggling. You want to know why I think he is struggling? Because they've been taking him out of the damn lineup. He's used to playing every day. And then he gets an actual pinch hit the other day when they do bring him in off the bench. And then they reward him by Jordan Luplo. Jordan Luplo, and now Jordan Luplo goes from one of your prospects in Indianapolis to all of a sudden he's your fifth hitter in your order? Like, I mean, that'll just tell you you're a bad baseball team right there. When a guy comes up from AAA, bam, slap him on in, fifth. I guess if David Freeze is the fourth man in your order, you're not that good either. But if he's not going to play, then I can get behind this. Send him down. Give him at-bats every single day. And allow himself. Allow him. Don't know why I did that. Allow him. 
and his fine self, there we go, to get right again. We've also got some more breaking news from our friend Jason Mackey. He's the first one I saw have it. He from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Jamie Alexiak signs a two-year, $2.2 million per season deal. I thought he was going to get one year, and I thought it was going to be for about a mil and a half. So, okay. They get him. And now the Penguins have all their defensemen signed through the 2019-2020 season. That's when Schultz's contract comes up. He's playing himself, if he keeps it up, into some good money on the free agency side there. I did not include Chad Ruedel, whose last season as a Penguin could very well be this season. But they've got Johnson now through 22-23. They've got Mata through 22. They've got Dumoulin through 23 and Latang through 22. So you better hope that these guys are good enough to get you to where you want to go. They need a big bounce-back year for Chris Latang this year. Dumoulin is rock solid. Schultz is a very good player. Ole Mata is a very good player. Jamie Alexiak, I think they think can be a top four defenseman. And if they do eventually use him in that role, or even if he just gets that kind of minutes, then $2.2 million for that is a bargain. And then there's Johnson, and I don't really feel like rehashing all that today, but Johnson does have some things in his toolbox, in his skill set that the Penguins like, one of them being he makes a really good first pass. If you look at a bunch of defensemen in the National Hockey League, all the defensemen in the National Hockey League, he's right up there in terms of completing that first pass. And that's so much of what this Penguins attack is predicated on. Get the puck up to your forwards, get it to them with speed, and see what they can do with it. See if they can monopolize the puck. This is good. If they couldn't get Alexiak, if he walked, his arbitration hearing was going to be, I think, in about a month. Then you're looking at Chad Ruedel being thrust back into the lineup, and I feel a lot better if that guy's your seventh defenseman than if he's in your rotation of six feel a hell of a lot better if that was the circumstance. Got a lot of tweets here. Steelers fans, there is no in-between here on whether or not they think, like Willie Colon, that the Steelers are the team to beat in the AFC. Uh, Steelers fans either said, yep, or no. Shocking. Shocking that they would feel that way. Nick says, Adam, I think the Steelers are much better without Willie Colon and those three offside penalties a game he used to get. Is that what you were looking for? Whammy. Jeff Skiabla says, on paper, yeah, I'm hoping they don't have a repeat of last season with the ridiculous drama and underachieving. The talents on the roster, they can beat anyone. Top five quarterback, running back, wide receiver, O-line. Should have at least a decent defense. No reason to not be in the AFC championship for a Super Bowl berth. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they have a top five quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and offensive line last year? And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they peter out before the AFC Championship game last year? So correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it possible that that doesn't happen this year? Should have a decent defense. Why? (laughs) Because it's Pittsburgh, and they're just supposed to have a good defense? The numbers last year weren't bad overall. That's because they had a really good first half of the season, and then the second half of the season, the wheels came off. They were giving up a bunch of big plays, but they had already had the good equity that they built in the first half. It's not that hard to figure out. Watch them against Jacksonville. Tell me they were a good defense. They should be better, fine, because they can't be worse than they were in that game. Can't be. Really can't. 
Bostic, I guess, is better than what they had backing up Ryan Shazier after he went down. Burnett and Sean Davis should be better than Mike Mitchell and Sean Davis. But it should. It shoulds and maybes. It's optimism. That's it. Terry says, of course, Steelers Nation Unite proud. Take them Steelers glasses off. Brian says, not until they solve the Patriots puzzle. Yeah, okay, again, that's like finding the clitoris. I guess it eventually has to happen, right? Maybe not. Patrick says, I sure hope so. The Browns are a bleep D3 team. The Bengals are a correctional facility, and the Ravens are a bleep show. Okay, how about the rest of the AFC? If it was AFC North, yeah, okay, I can get behind that. They are the team to beat in the AFC North. They are not the team to beat right now in the AFC. A lot of people are counting the Patriots out. What have we learned, people? Willie! 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 What have we? Why are we counting them out? Why do we always count them out? Tom Brady's suspended for four games. I'm not going to get a. They're not going to get an AFC Championship game this year. They're going to be digging themselves out of a hole. It could be the Bills' year. Could be the Dolphins' year. Last year, no, not the Patriots' year. Thirteen and three go to the Super Bowl. So I guess in Patriot standard, no, it's not their year. But they sure as hell had a better year than the Steelers. And yeah, the surviving of the ground was kind of important, but it was also kind of the rule. So, sucks to suck. I know it hurts, but that's what happened. No Julian Edelman. No Danny Amendola. They are not going to be the same team. Do they have Brady? Do they have Belichick? I'll bet on them. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) I might do more on this tomorrow, but probably not because I don't think people care. But CBS just came out with their college athletic rankings yesterday. And Penn State was 13th. And West Virginia was 23rd. And Pitt just, they were close. Right there behind those two at 95th. But here's why it's a hot take. Because this is coming from me, the crowd man. Big old Dub V. Got a Will Greer jersey at home. Sometimes I fall asleep with my hand down my pants watching highlights of him. I think Pitt Athletics is taking a big step forward this year. I know. Tom's not here. That's why I saved it for now. I can't have Tom hearing this. I like Kenny Pickett. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I think Pitt football can be a team that gets back to a bowl game this year. And... That'll move them forward. But I also think going from winning zero games in your conference in basketball and only a few out of conference to being a team that can maybe win a game or two in the ACC tournament will make them jump pretty high too. And I think Jeff Capel is going to do a fabulous job. The Peterson Event Center is still one of the -the state-of-the-art venues in all of college basketball. He is recruiting players who want to play in the Big East. Oh, boy. Not the Big East. The ACC. How old am I? And that guy can sell me anything. That guy could sell me a pigeon-flavored lollipop. I think I'd put it in my mouth. I think Heather Like is doing a pretty good job of getting Pitt out of what is a dark age and getting them back to where they should be. 
mediocre. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Pornhub saw a decrease in viewership of 33% worldwide during the soccer game the other day. I always knew the Brits were a bunch of wankers. Woo! Other crap. As I mentioned before, it's been like 355 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. Woo! Other crap. It's time for the three stars of the show, baby. And with our third star, San Diego writers who hate dogs and have no soul. I hate that guy. Don't know him. And I'm going to tell him right now. San Diego Union Tribune guy. You can. Go to hell. You go to hell and you die. You die in hell. You go to hell and you die. You go straight to hell and you die, dog hater. It's a dog, man. With our second star of the day, saving the Ewoks. The best part for me in Star Wars, A New Hope, is when Obi-Wan Kenobi gets chopped in half. But you fast forward a couple of movies, it's Return of the Jedi, and Ewok dies, I'm crying. Yeah, so yeah the I'm poor crying. Ewok, that defenseless, helpless Ewok with his rocks and spears. <laughs> poor guy, just got killed. When you could have been killing a bunch of stormtroopers. And you got you got the other Ewok comes out. I lose it every <laughs> it's time. It's so sad, man. It really is. And with the first star today, it's the world famous hot dog lady. As long as you don't have a hot dog in your pocket, lady, you're fine. Right. Now, she might have. You're not supposed to say anything about the way people look either, but she might have had a hot dog in her pocket. I'm just saying. <laughs> or a pack. She might have had a pack of hot dogs, uncooked hot dogs, raw hot dogs. She loves raw dogging it. That very well might have been the, she the might case. She had a whole kibasa. You don't know. That's right, Tom. We did a show without you. Yeah, buddy. We don't need you. Put that shiz all together, yo. Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow on the program, we'll be talking about a Pirates loss. Terrible lineup put together by Clint Hurdle. If they win, it'll be nothing short of a miracle. Also, NFL referees, they have a shortage, and there's a bunch of new rules that are being put in place, but that's not close to the reason why you shouldn't be watching the NFL next year. And, no, actually, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. I, I think that's all we got. I don't even know who we're talking to. Coming up next, Jerry Dulac Golf Show? Yeah, Jerry Dulac Golf Show. Coming up next, ESPN Pittsburgh. Lakeview Golf Resort, located one hour south of Morgantown, West Virginia, wants you to enjoy their $109.99 weekday golf package special, which includes overnight accommodations, two rounds of golf, full breakfast buffet, dinner and cart fee, all for just $109.99 per person plus tax, based on double occupancy, expires August 1st. Available Sunday through Wednesday. Bring a group or get your golf getaway customized by contacting Lakeview's golf sales experts. Information online at lakeviewresort.com. West Virginia, wild and wonderful. Actually, a, a pocket hot dog does not sound like that bad of an idea. No, it actually sounds really good. It's just, I imagine, a bigger pig in a blanket. Oh, yeah. Or, or uh, well, a corn dog without a stick. A pig in a blanket, actually, around these parts with the Polish, that's just stuffed cabbage, Brian. You don't want that in your pocket. Oh, my fault.
Now, I could do a stuffed cabbage in my pocket. I'd eat it. I'd eat it. I'd eat it right out of your pocket. <laughs> From the Wright Automotive Group Studios, this is ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh. WPGG AM and WPGB HD 2 FM, Pittsburgh. <laughs>